0: What we're doing is we're asking the question, what does it mean to have to grow in fruit? Now, my son just leaned across to me and he said, an apple a day keeps the dentist at bay. I don't know if any dentist here can confirm that is true. So I'm going to ask a question. Really, it's for children. Children, who here likes eating fruit? Raise a hand. Children, Steve. Okay, children, raise a hand. Okay, there's a couple of, okay, I don't know if that's completely true, but that's okay. Children, if you like eating fruit, okay. I, yes, I believe that's probably true. The Payne family, yes, okay. Are you guys still, technically you are, but you like eating fruit, you're very healthy. Who doesn't like eating fruit? Children. Okay, we've just got non-compliance. It's at the end of term. I can appreciate that. Absolutely. So we've just seen in that little video something that the Apostle Paul says, he says this, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. So I don't know, when you see that list of fruits, who thinks I've cracked this? Does anybody, seriously? Because when I read it, I'm just like, oh man, there's a lot of stuff that I think I need to work on, especially the patience bit. Anyone else experience that? Joy? Am I joy? You know, you read it and you think, oh, I'd love a bit more of that. So I'm thinking today, what does it mean? Why, do we th- why are we going to think about fruit over the next couple of weeks? And, and, and how do we grow in it? What does it look like for us to grow in those things? And I want to reflect on one thing, is that the reason we don't always grow in fruit is because we often measure the wrong thing. And that's what I want to speak about today. I want to start with a story. If you cast your mind back to 2020, (laughs) folks, the young people might say that's triggering, so my apologies if it is, but cast your mind back to 2020 and to lockdown okay who's Bowie who Booy? quite right too. quite right too. challenging season well I I took up running folks I was one of those people for whom I took up running and I'd done it a little bit before that I'd downloaded a BBC app couch to 5k I don't know if you've done it but the comedian serum is it Milligan or Millican well she was hugely supportive non-judgmental she encouraged me to run, and when I first started, I had to, I think, I remember running for 90 seconds, and I thought I was going to meet Jesus, I really did, because <laughs> I'd never run that far in my life, and guys, so I kept going, and kept going, and kept going, and I found it hugely helpful, I realised that I quite enjoyed it, uh, sometimes would see people from church, which is a little bit embarrassing for all of us, but we'd wave and carry on, but I realised, it helped me realise what a beautiful place that we live in. And I'd run out to the countryside, and it was absolutely amazing and beautiful, and I'd listen and think, and I found it so incredibly helpful. And then I discovered, folks, an app called Strava. Now, just raise a hand, if you can, if you know what I mean when I talk about an app called Strava. Okay, it's a lot of fun. Let me just, for those who don't know, let me explain what it is. Essentially, it tracks your running, tracks your physical activity, and it displays it for all the world to see. And I really got quite into it, and, and this is what I discovered. I discovered that I would uh, look at some of you here who are on Strava, I was looking at you Duncan Payne and others, and I would look at how far they run and how fast they run, and I'd think, no way, how can they be so fast? Their watch must need recalibrating, that's not natural. And then I think maybe they were running somewhere very flat so I'd look it tells you the distance they've run but it also tells you the elevation and how many big hills that they've run. And I'd look at that too and I'd always ask the question of myself are they quicker than me or am I quicker than them? And you know folks I discovered a competitive side in me that I never knew existed. A smugness folks would appear from nowhere. As I would look at people and think, I think I could take you in a race. (laughs) And then sometimes I would look at other people and think, they would definitely take me if I were to race them. But I began to focus a little bit more and more and more on my performance. I began to measure myself against other people. And do you know, I want to confess this publicly that we're not online, which is a blessed relief. But you have an option in Strava to only put your best runs online. And, folks, I'm going to need to confess it, that is exactly what I do. So, somebody did say to me, You're not doing a lot of running these days. And I thought, Yes, I am. I'm just not choosing to share it. I only share if I think it is impressive or not. That is a confession. The deep darkness appeared within. But there's a sense in which it is all about performance. And the Apostle Paul, when he's writing to this church in Galatia, he's writing to a group of people that have begun to shift away from the good news of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, which means that we are gloriously free in Jesus' name, that we enjoy a freedom that only Jesus can bring, and the promise that he brings transformation into our lives. And the Apostle Paul calls these people agitators. They get into the life of the church and they begin to talk about religious ways. They begin to, talk to, to describe a way of life that is, would be familiar to Jewish people. And what happens is, is that they begin to embrace this like spiritual Strava. And so they begin to compare themselves to one another. And the problem is when you compare yourselves with other people, you either can think you're better than them or worse than them. And the feelings that that can invoke in us are not always particularly pleasant. And so by the time that the Apostle Paul writes his letter, the church is beginning to divide because some people are feeling that they're better, that they're performing better, that they are doing better things for God than other people, and it's not a very pleasant place to be in. And, you know, in the same way that we can look at spiritual Strava, we can have a spiritual Strava that means that right now you can walk into church and feel, have I done enough for God today? Have I talked to my neighbours today? Have I listened to the Bible? Have I read the Bible? Have I said enough prayers today? And we can walk in with a sense of discouragement and guilt and shame because we don't feel that we've done enough for God. A lot of people live like that. A lot of people who've been in and out of church for a long time and they live that particular way. But the Apostle Paul makes it very, very clear that it's the internal life that God is wanting to address, not the external performance. And so the Apostle Paul writes to this church and encourages them gently that the internal world, the desires we have, lead us away from God. That this constant performance, this constant religious mindset of checking ourselves over and against other people, thinking that we're better than them, judging them, growing pride, will only create division in the church and it will draw us away from God. But what he says is this, don't measure yourself by those standards of performance. Don't look at the person next to you and think that you're better than them. He says you're measuring the wrong thing. Folks, we weigh fruit. And as that video clip, however irritating it might be, it's bang on the money. Because what it says is we weigh the fruits of the Spirit, and the fruits of the Spirit in their sum total virtues weigh together to make us more like Jesus Christ. And there's a little, there's a, if, you, if you read some verses, and I'd encourage you to do this at another time, it talks about keeping in step with the Spirit. And that is, a, that is a throwback to how Jewish people would understand how that they would walk with God every day. They would walk with him. And as we walk with him, and as we trust him, and we, as we place our trust away from ourselves, away from our performance, but as we begin to trust him by a remarkable turn of grace... God makes us more like his son Jesus. It is the most remarkable thing. And folks, how does he do that? Well, we spent the last three weeks looking at John chapter 15. And what Jesus tells us is this, is that that we are pruned because any fruit tree that produces good fruit is always pruned. And as we are pruned, it forces... The, the branches or the stock, if it's a vine, to go back to the roots. And it forces us to move away from things that we have do, been doing in our own strength to do things back in God's strength. And as we do them back in God's strength, we grow in the things of the Spirit. So, folks, over the next five, six weeks, however long it is, we're going to gather and it's going to be a bit chaotic and there'll be things flying around. And you know, if your joy levels are quite low, that could begin to aggravate. Or if your patience is wearing thin, watching that video for the fifth time might just press buttons that you don't want to press. But it could be the Spirit of God might be saying to us individually, as corporately, that we should not rest easy in our reputation. We shouldn't rest easy on the fact that we think we're better than other people. And Christians can do that, folks. That we come with a sense of humility and say, Lord, I'm here. I'm a blank canvas. I've got a lot of work. But I want to be like you. And I want to be like Jesus. And will you help me, Lord, in this season to taste, taste and see the Lord is good so that as we move into September, and we ask the Spirit to show us what kind of church he wants us to become, that we taste to the city and the people around us like our Lord Jesus. And you know, guys, that's what I need in my own life. I want to be, I wanna, I wanna be more like him because he's got all the answers I don't. But the beautiful thing is this all we need to do is walk with him every day. What does that mean? It means staying connected with people around you who know and love him, getting wisdom in your life. It means reading his word every day. You might be listening to it, Bible in one year, Nikki Gumbel, absolutely amazing. It means staying connected in church, staying connected in community, staying connected to those relationships, going to help you move forward with him. So, folks, there'll be times when it annoys you. <laughs> Just being honest. But, you know, if we can work past that and through that and ask the Spirit of God, say, Holy Spirit, where do you want to grow more fruit in my life, in our life? And he will, because that's the promise. And, you know, that's not a bad thing to become more like Jesus, is it? Amen. So, folks, very simply, what I'd love us to do is is just very briefly turn to the folks around you. And I'd just love to pray a prayer if we can. And the, the, the prayer is this, come Holy Spirit. That's all it is. Because when the Spirit of God comes, the miraculous happens. People are healed. But also, if we give him permission, he'll make us more like his son. And that's a beautiful thing. So we're just going to pray very, very simply. Holy Spirit, come. Take this next few weeks. Take the video. (laughs) Take the crazy stuff. But make us, Jesus, in your grace, more like your son. And for those of us who are naturally competitive and have a spiritual Strava, may we remove that spiritual app and look to him and him alone. Amen. Let's just pray for a few moments with each other, and then Alan, Lucy will draw us back to the rest of the gathering.